0: welcome to the stanley street social podcast presented by the tac the road belongs to us all a big thank you to our presenting partner the tac for making sure that everyone uh, abides by the rules gets to their safe their destination in a safe manner uh, and cyclists do play a very important role in that welcome max hot off a win uh in the alice big energy in the squad after a nice little victory
1: Thanks, Al. Yeah, no, good, good, uh, good win. I actually haven't won for a while. I was out for two weeks, and I lost two in a row heading into the injury, um, and then came back and lost uh, the, the Geelong game. So I was actually wanting to sing the song, and I and I got to. So win against the team. They've um, don't let the ladder deceive you. They are eight and two, I think, from their last ten. Uh, so we've actually got some form teams coming up. Doggies are in in form. Collingwood have won like nine and. A row, including a game against us. Um, so it's going to be a fun little end of the year. And the body's good? Getting there, yeah. I, um, I think I said on, this, uh, on the first rest day that I uh, probably came back a bit too early and I actually felt a little bit better in the Alice game. So hopefully all things are leading towards back to normal this week. Mm. Do, you, do you feel for Caleb as he drags his um, cut-up body to Paris? I wonder what he's doing. I'm, 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 I just feel like Eddie Merckx has got it in his head at some point in his career, and now he just wants to stick out to us um, because nineteen and twenty-one they are coming. They're coming. So the way the race, is, the way the race has been raced, I, I just it's going to be hot. Nineteen's <laughs> going to be hot. How things down south, Cambo?
2: Yeah, good. Um, real cold actually. We had a, a good dumping of snow on the mountains, so it's good seeing all you boys carrying on in Europe. Um, yeah. yeah no, we're, um, we're breaking heat records today, 40 degrees. Well, yeah, this Tour to France looks like it's been the hottest in however long I have been watching tours, just relentless heat day after day after day. So I'm not sure what the forecast is for the last week, but it's been rocket hot over yeah. there by the looks of it. Yeah,
0: and a little bit a little bit of extra heat down in, down in France. Uh, we left... On the first official rest day, after Bob, Young, Bob Youngles got his win, we revisit at stage 10, a tough a roller coaster of emotions for an Australians that day. Schultze was there. He had it. He rode such a good race uh, to lose it on the throat to Magnus. Max, who, who, who are you going after this, this stage?
1: Well, we actually we actually left this um, this uh, the last podcast by saying Bike Exchange just tell us which stage Schultz is going for, and it was that night. Um, so slightly disappointed that we didn't get the the memo from Bike Exchange. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I didn't I don't I, I didn't miss on this. Um I didn't even get in the break with 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 my tip. I've been. Just slowly tipping uh, Madwires from FDJ, just waiting for him to get in the break. But for some reason, he wants to finish 17th. So he's holding on to 17th at the moment. But the little battle between Magnus and Schultz, this was all time.
0: Kev, okay, like Schultz, he was, he was playing the, the cold as ice game. Just like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Um, the right call, like, obviously, in hindsight, it's easy, it's easy to look back. But what, what, what was your take on the finish?
2: Well, I think you got to remember that Magnus Court is like a proper quick sprinter, so it wasn't like he was coming up against a part-timer. Yes, the road was was going uphill a fair bit, but, I mean, if you get beaten too up, even though it was a tough stage, still to get beaten by Magnus Court and, you know, you can hold your head up high, but, um, you know, Schultz is come into this Tour in real good nick, and I think there's a couple of stages coming up. Um, I have to check the race book. But I think he's going to really be in the thick of it on a few stages. So we'll have to keep our ear close to the ground and um, we'll see which one he's going to go go after. So just
1: some, there was some bizarre tactics late, Alex. Like Magnus got dropped twice mm. um, and then rode back. Uh, weirdly, Fred Wright was doing the work for Lewis Leon Sanchez. That felt like a seniority card that Lewis Leon was playing. <laughs> I think Fred Wright is the quicker... Of the two and has shown to have the legs. So I think Lewis Leon just played his senior card. Um, but yeah, Schultz he didn't he, I'm not sure if he would have played it differently. Maybe he would have paced potentially and maybe tried to drop Lewis Leon and kept Magnus Court away. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you how you play it, but letting Magnus Court come back almost seems like a cardinal sin for all seven of those guys that were out front. They
0: were they were dropped, but they also weren't that dropped. Like it's such a hard read feeling like when you're in that group of Schultzi to know where the guys behind you are, how far they're off you, Tour de France finishes running through your blood. It's it's a tactical, I guess, super challenging situation, which only the Simon Clark can manage with cool, calm collectiveness to be able to um deliver a clutch victory like he could. But yeah, full credit to Schultz. He's obviously in super nick and um Full credit to Bike Exchange, too, for bringing him in to, you know, play that role, back him in for these stages. Uh, and this was kind of a, the start of Bike Exchanges. Good Tour de France after Gritte getting up in the first week.
1: There's a bit do of talk just, about um, these boys in this week. Yeah. Do we, do we, do we go through Magnus Court celebration um, in his uh, Danish article? He was actually, he writes a regular piece um, for the, for the Danish press. Um, and this is his quote. Um, (laughs) when I win like this, there is a small ritual. I have to go home in the shower where I put Ramstein on very loud, which is a pretty hard rock screamo type rock uh, music. Then Snapchat comes up while I skip around the room naked. Then I make the helicopter. It goes right out to my closest friends and they know that it's all going very well. But that only happens with the big victories, the Tour and the Volta. Otherwise, I don't send the video of me filming myself naked. (laughs) This guy is a rock star. And he's published this (laughs) in the Danish local paper. Yes.
2: (laughs) I thought the Danish society was generally quite conservative, but um, (laughs) an article like this sort of bucks that trend a little bit. That's, um, That's chaotic, to say the least. I, do I've you um, do you have any perception. operators like that? Uh, after a big victory, just start carrying on like like that, or you know, you don't don't, well, don't want to share just, too much. But surely after the grand final,
1: there might have been something. I mustn't have you guys on Snapchat because post Alice, I was I was, <laughs> I was <helicoptering. laughs> We can only presume what maybe Dan- the Danish helicopter might be different to what we're thinking, but possibly. Um, yeah, my perception of Magnus Court has changed from this guy who wins stage 19 of the Volta to now this, like genuine like. Rockstar. I kind of like him. Now he's out in COVID as well. He's, he's had a rollercoaster
0: tour to France from his KOM jersey, <laughs> he's just like the king in Denmark to almost getting, he got second or third on the There was a, he went to the finish on another stage and then now um, bags a winner. Now he's, see you later, I'm going home. He
1: was randomly in the Simon Clark cobble break and he was regretting the first four days of being solo break when he's got in a cobble break and probably should have won. Yeah a very euro thing
0: though just to love being naked on the team bus just no, <laughs> no qualms in the european <laughs> cycling scene uh stage 11 we were talking about on the first first rest day how this kind of could be a bit of a boring tour to france pog's just pog's doing what he does and there was a group at the bottom and cambo sent me a message just like waiting for something along the lines of i'm just waiting for pog just to tear everyone's legs off and, and go to the win again. But we saw something completely different on this climb.
1: Just the We've, best been waiting for this.
2: We've been waiting for this from from Jumbo for years, I think, for them to just go on a full mountain assault, a mountain raid. And I was actually quite surprised they started lighting up on the Telegraph with uh, Tish Benut and Roglic launching and they had um, La Port up the road, they got the split on the downhill, the, the short downhill of the Telegraph and the the Glibier. There was, I think, there was three jumbo and Pog, and then Grant Thomas also found himself in the move, very attentive. Um, and then, yeah, I was I was almost a little bit surprised that were, they started attacking Pog on sort of the the valley road a little bit. They must have hit him three or four times each. Uh, Poggy responded to them all, but. It was interesting that they, they attacked him so much on you know, relatively flat roads. What were your boys' thoughts on that?
1: Oh, that's, that's the best sport I've seen in a long time. Um, and I think well-called by SBS. I think Keno did pretty well. Um, i not sure the GCN coverage, if you're watching that, Alex, but, but Keno did very well. Um, yeah, that's, and it was done without Crudewick and course. I think they were actually quite absent for the day. It was done by their rulers. It was done by Van Arden Laporte being up the road and Roglic, uh, obviously, going with the one-two punch. Did Pog need to react to Roglic? I don't know. I think that's a Slovenian thing and maybe a bit of a rock star type. He has to match Rog. I I don't know if he had to. I'm not sure if Rog's going a 60K break with the form that he was in and riding away from those three that it was. Um, but the one thing I took out of it is I'm not climbing those two climbs ever. I'm, I'm, <laughs> if I go to Europe and I am, I'm planning on going uh, this October. Those two climbs are not on the resume. That looked like hell. It's
2: it's the best part of 36k of climbing. You know, it was you
1: know, 10k at 10%. That that last climb was 10k at 10%. Bargil yeah. was going backwards. <laughs>
2: um. It settled a little bit when uh, I think it was was it Soler that came back to the group and, and settled things down a little bit. But then Poggi was was attacking towards the top. He rode the last couple of K just with him and Wingergaard. And then it all came back together in the on the downhill and then in the valley. Roglic was dropped. Wout van Aert went back for Roglic. I'm not sure what all that was about because Roglic did a two-second turn. As did uh, I think Kuss did two seconds too, so it all looked really good then coming in. But no one really did any damage, and then Micah was just doing the job for for Pogi, and then that's when I sent the message to Alex saying he's just going to rip these guys' legs off. Bargill was up the road. Quintana was doing his own thing
1: too. It was just all happening, and then uh, then the race exploded. Really, they went from they went from. Pog being outnumbered, I think it was five on one, and maybe G was there, so five five and a group of seven, to being on the final climb outnumbering Yumbo. Like, it was crazy how that mm. reversed. Um, Micah again diagnosed with COVID, I think, the day of, and managing to yeah. find himself in the final group, the final selection. Just It was a bizarre day. Um, was it the heat? He said he might have missed a, missed a meal, potentially, might have missed a bit of food. Um, okay. And did it a little bit poorly. So mixture of heat, mixture of the over 30 minute length climbs. There's a lot of question marks with Pog on all like the heat and those long climbs. Um, but the heat is going to be there these next three days. So it's made it for a magical tour because like, now Pog looks like the best rider in the race and he's got a two minute deficit to make up.
0: It has turned the race from a race for second to we've actually got ourselves a bike race, which is nice. It's so nice to have like a GC battle back on the cards. You would think that something had to have gone wrong with his like nutrition or just get way too, just forgetting for one moment that he's at the Tour de France and trying to, trying to whack guys at 65K to go. I think maybe <laughs> maybe he was thinking, ah, oh, you know what, when I was off the front chopping turns as hard as I could with store, even on the Roubaix stage, I probably just could have just sat back and, you know. Played the field, mm. but yeah, it's good. Cool. We got ourselves a bike race. It's certainly I not overall.
1: Was, like David Gadu doesn't beat doesn't beat Pocket Car up up, up up this climb. So something's going to miss. Like that doesn't happen anywhere in the, in the Pyrenees. Mm.
0: And have we ever seen a combination.
2: Like ever it seen was a combination like, of all of the above? Yeah. When Doing too to- much, too odd, maybe missing a gel or two. Um, you know, coming on that downhill, he did like the big throttle to the motorbike, like he's just yeah. taking the piss. <laughs> and then it all, like, as you know, um, you know, you can just blow up very quickly. You can go from feeling real good to um, needing a can of Coca-Cola real quick. And I think he got the proper hunger knock. He lost three minutes in 4K, um, jersey unzipped, just looking a real mess like we've never seen before. But it was nice to see that bogey going human.
1: Couple of other little clerks from here. Um, I had Naro. Fun fact: uh, so the each way uh, was good. He is an amazing man in altitude. The opposite yeah. to Enric Mass hates altitude, loses time every time he ever goes to el- el- altitude. Uh, Barde Super FDJ. I think I do their fifth strongest rider. Like they were tr- they were pacing him. Like he had all of his team there and pretty much the most powerful team. He had uh, Pino, uh, my boy uh, Madwa Stora was there, and Gadu was struggling, um, and Lutsenko. Who would have thought he would have top ten this stage? Was he top ten in the tour last year, Lutsenko. He did, but it just it, this seems like the high altitude stage is the stage where he goes from seventh to tenth. Like that's the one he loses on. It looks like they're
2: hanging their hat on Lutsenko for a top ten, which is it's grim that. I think they're actually – I saw something on Twitter that they're in negative prize money, including
1: fines at the moment. So that's tough. They've they've, they've, uh, Don Browski looks like someone who might be able to get into the Pyrenees break, but oh, it's slim picking post that. Thin team sheet.
0: Were you still were you a little bit concerned about or disappointed in Mass's performance, Cambo? Eight minutes down. Yeah, he had a
2: pretty – yeah, he had a bad day. When was – I think he recovered – uh, on the next day, maybe it was was it up to Wesley it was okay. But I mean this was this was the big one. This is where the big gaps were had. And I think maybe the stage to is it Watercam or Luzardi then later on will be probably another one. You have you got an actual like,
0: race book there?
2: Not the race, but it's Hortacam. That'll be that'll be similar. it will be a similar day to um, the Grand On. So expect Mass to lose more time there, unfortunately for my for my pick <laughs> yeah,
1: for top you, five. You're doing the old O4 record filling yeah. in results. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm not.
0: <by nine. laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, stage 12, happy to move on. Stage 11 was big. Was big. We had ourselves a bike race now. Stage 12, Tom Pig got put on an absolute descending master class. Like, no. It, I was just thinking, thinking when you see him just hooking down these descents, like that's my worst nightmare, being in a breakaway with Tom Pidcock, trying to like squirm to keep on the wheel while he's just free flowing through these corners, just whoosh, whoosh. It
1: was, it was good to watch. It would be horrible to be there. And literally at the same time he was descending, I reckon there was a quote from Kino saying, Louis Menkes is getting dropped from the dis- descent because he has, he's only fifty eight kilos, and in comes Pidcock, who's fifty seven, <laughs> and flies <laughs> past him. So I don't think Menkes has that excuse anymore. Um, Pidcock gave me my second win of the tour, though, um, and it was Rich. it was a it was a good amount that the, the, that made its way to my team <laughs> account. So thank you, Tom. Uh, it was a beautiful stage to watch. With the designs, what was
2: what was uh, the plan for you in your head? Was it that? break away or was it maybe attacking the GC group a little bit earlier and getting away? What was your thoughts on how he was going to win? It
1: it certainly wasn't a win from the GC group. Um, I thought he was going to get in the break at some point. I was a bit disappointed. It was a bit of a no-name break. Menkes was sort of the only man with powerless that were in the break initially. There was six men in there. I think Menkes crossed over with a teammate. then Chris Froome crossed over and then Pidcock crossed over as well. So um, Didn't the commentators love Froomey? he was never going to really do so it was good to see him back it's the best he's ridden for yeah, 3 yeah, years it was. um but he was mentioned every time he was on tv israel might have got their money's worth from that alone 5 million bucks worth in that that one oh. one breakaway <laughs> was it bastille day it was close uh, mom, was a bastille day the big one
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it, it, everyone's watching
0: massive in the uk bastille day <laughs> uh the The thing though with that downhill just shows how valuable being able to descend is like it wasn't it wasn't even like jumping on the pedals at all it was just like just so so easy through those corners anything else to mention cambo from the day we kind of saw pog and vingard play with potentially going up the road this is where we
2: started this is the first
0: day that we had ourselves a bike race for the gc
2: yeah I think everyone looked a little bit cooked in, from those boys. Like It was a massive day the day before. Um, it was good to see Sepp Kuss get involved in the race. He was absolutely fantastic on Alpe d'Huez. Grant Thomas climbing well. Um, yeah, Pogi, I think he did he only try once or twice to attack uh, Jonas and then just torched him in the sprint. So, um, yeah, I think we didn't really find out a whole lot about either guy um, on this stage, but like I said, we can expect some more carnage in the Pyrenees, I think, especially now that, as we'll touch on, uh, Jumbo are, are losing guys very quickly.
1: Yeah. There were some real Karens of the world complaining about the crowd control on Alpe d'Huez. It's just, I'm just not for that. Like, that's a post-COVID Bastille Alpe d'Huez. Tom Pitcock, who's done some pretty cool things, and he reckons road racing is the most boring of his three things he does, said it's the best day he's had on a bike. Yeah. So that trumps his Olympics and trumps his uh, cyclocross stuff, which is pretty cool on a bike. Um, like that's that that's the tour. That's so good to watch. And uh, again, I feel them got, apparently Vinegard couldn't attack Pog because the, the road was too quiet. Uh, the road was too tight. Someone was saying they were probably close from a motorbike accident happening again, but it didn't. Um, and Mass who just lost 10 minutes on altitude finishes with the main group. Uh, with no altitude, just a little side. So I mean, there is something going on in Mass right up in the clouds. One of the best
0: best days in cycling going on afterwards. Stage 13. Big, big breakaway. No one really knew where it was going to play out. Sprinters teams were thinking, yeah, I'll put, I'll put my hat in the ring. Breakaway guys were like, assembled one of the strongest moves that you could have out of the field that was there lotto hit the front and looked like the team that they were backing in caleb bion before it all went pear-shaped on a left-hander with 70k to go no stress no technicality just the nightmare tour de france continues for caleb bion
1: You look disappointed, yeah. Max. <laughs> well, can he completely blame Philip, Philip G? Or was it, was it Gilbert? I'm not sure who rode the corner poorly. You can't, can you? You can't blame. Nah. This user error. Mm. It's grim because... So grim. We all think he can do Sonic on, on 21, on the Champs Like We all think that's a 60K stage. He you, you can have his acceleration at the end. We don't mind that. But he's got a long way to get there. Um, in the heat by himself. They're not really hanging back with him anymore. Um, it's in he's got himself in an interest situation. Geez, I want to see it. I really want to see it. Like I'm gonna be barracking hard 19 and 21. I reckon 21's a one. 19 might be a bit hard. Um, but yeah, Caleb, the nightmare tour.
2: I think he was really feeling a million dollars on this stage. Like he had the team riding early. There was like, yeah, like you said, Alex, one of the strongest breaks possible up the road, like if you look at the names in there, like Ruler, Deluxe. Um, but, yeah, they were keeping the gap. Like it was a two minutes. It was all pretty tight. Phil Gill was doing a good job. And then just a, like a silly crash, just so sloppy. And then as soon as Caleb crashes, then Quickstep come to the front and start start helping. I'm not sure whether – was Jakobsen still in the group at that point? Jakobsen Yaps. hasn't
1: been in one group.
2: <laughs> like was that just to keep caleb out the arse, or what was their agenda with with that to start helping once caleb had crashed from that point on team tactics got real weird got real
1: yeah, weird wouldn't said they didn't want to pace because they thought it was bad courtesy pacing when caleb was down so start um, pacing so from, said, start right. pacing from 120k to go yeah, so then they just said, "All right, we'll give up the stage then," <laughs> just because Caleb's down. And then Alperson are weirdly helping Caleb try and come back because they want Lotto back at the front. Mm. Sprint teams got it all wrong. They got spooked by the by the sixer out front. Yeah,
2: the...
1: what, what
2: happens, Alex? What? Why was Green Edge riding? You know, what was it? Thirty k to go. The gap was three minutes. Yeah, they sent two guys to the front. It's it's all think... just too late. Just burning yeah. chips.
0: Well, uh, yeah, they must have stopped for lunch or something for about a minute, and then they got back in the convoy and went. Oh, no one's riding anymore. Let's let's start riding because there was just this. It was down to two minutes. It was a doable thing. They had strong guys there, which they showed because they ripped a minute out of the bunch. But why on earth would you not make the call either at the start, either when Quickstep started riding or straight after Quickstep stopped riding to to take this back if you if you believe that there's a win there, and, but maybe a little bit of a – you'd think that there would be a road captain, someone bling Grunewagen saying, I'm good here, let's go. Uh, because once mm-hmm. they got riding, they got riding real well until that really strange point where Matthews found himself on the front, did like a half tap, looked around and went, oh, that's that's it.
1: Yeah. The quote. The quote from Matt White was – what I just said before, he said something like we're not the type of team that goes on the front when another man goes down. Um, I mean, it just, it's sportsmanship. It's an unwritten rule in, in cycling, I think. But when teams have been pacing already, like Elplesson were pacing pretty hard. I'm pretty sure he could go jump on the front. Mm. Yeah. I think it was yeah. a bit
0: average from quick stab, um, for no real gain either. Besides just making a statement that, we don't get along with the other Belgium team, but then for <laughs> for bike to obviously think that they had a guy that's good, Grunewagen's there, uh, Matthews is there.
1: Um, that was a, that was rookie rookie tactics for mine. Weirdly, sure. the team that got it right were the team that I almost had down as a uh, the bottom of the bottom for their tour performance, mm. and then Mads Pedersen, who's come out with some unbelievable second week legs. He looks um, he looks almost one of the best climbers in the in the, in the tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. He put on a, he put on, a, he attacked the rulers before they could attack him. What a, what, well, that's a great move. It's Simon Clark esque. <laughs> the, the big, big
2: boys, Gunner and Kung, just look cooked. Yeah. They could not respond at all. Pedersen got the group down to half. And then, you know, those were the guys that he wanted there. Houle and Fred Wright weren't going to cause too many problems. They didn't really have any meaningful attacks in that last couple of K. And he just swept the floor with them. The perfect situation. I know you were a little bit flat, Max, with uh, Fred Wright coming in second. Again, you and you've got to my second
1: to list. That's to my second list. Quintana, Fred Wright, and we'll get into Benjamin uh, Thomas, who pretty much was second in my eyes. <laughs> um, later on, but yeah, I'm happy that I managed to get a, a break. Pick you were picking Nick. Sh- who were you picking, Nick Schultz? On this day, no. Who did you? I said I'd-, I'd pick a Fred Wright, and then you replied To someone else. I think it was. Yeah. So I sort of oh, actually yeah. I don't. You thought the peloton was winning. Which was yeah, looking good yeah, until seven. Caleb went down. Uh, yeah, I think,
2: uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, my, yeah, I think I, yeah. Yeah, I
0: think Caleb. your quote. And you would think if Lotto kept riding as normal, some other teams joined, this, this breakaway was coming back. But that, like, with Woot Van Aert in the race, Mads Pedersen, Bling, like that that type of rider that's just uber strong, reasonably quick, but not Woot Van Aert quit. The breakaway, it's like their bread and butter at the moment. Just put yourself in the move and just like, it was no Pedersen put like three lengths into them when he jumped out of the sprint and just blew their doors off. And as you said, Max puts Trek just back, just back in, just back in the race a little bit, you know, they're all of a sudden they're a successful team.
1: Well, going off last night, I don't know we're not there yet, but I've got some tips for later on. Monomer <laughs> and Giacchone got to the front of, a, of, the, of the group and started riding. The Monomer looks strong. He's got a third week coming. bulky Molymer.
0: <laughs> Stage 14. A wild start to the race. Uphill out of the blocks. There was a point there where Pog was attacking for I don't know what reason besides just making Vindegaard squirm because he was running out of teammates. Of course, the only teammate he had there was Woot Van Aert because he's here, there and everywhere. Then Matthews put himself in the move and rode one of like, except, exceptional and continued Australia's good run in terms
1: of uh, making the moves and, and and winning from the move. This is... um. I reckon every rider in the Peloton could say they made the break at some point in this stage. Mm. There was like 10 different breaks to start. It looked like there was one that got away and then it got brought back, got to about 30 seconds. Matthews was in none of them until the until the one that went away. That's almost Thomas to get like just picking the exact right one. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that that have you watched it back with um, the mix that bike exchange do with Maddie Heyman speaking in the car. It's it's pretty good to watch. Like when he gets dropped by Betty O up that climb, Matty Heyman just in his ear. I'm, I'm presuming you want one person in your ear at that time when he gets dropped, it's probably Matty Heyman. Um, and he just bounces back. It's, it was actually, Bike Exchange did a really good six-minute six video for those that want to watch it. I feel like having Heyman in your ear would be good at all all times.
0: If you're mm-hmm. thinking, thinking about a DS that's like cool, calm and collected and Matthew Heyman at the same time,
2: it couldn't ask for much more. Yeah. I think we were talking the stage, the uphill kick that pokey one. and then we were just thinking, where does Michael Matthews like fit in the world of cycling now? Like he's not winning bunch kicks, he can't win these uphill drags, and then he just goes into this really really tough parkour and wins from the break. I think that's where he could be. He could become that that king breakaway rider. He's going to get to the finish and he's going to torch most people in those situations. And his climbing is, as we saw um, up to Mond, is like. It's top tier, really. Like, he is, he's really good on these sort of climbs. And, yeah, I mean, Bike Exchange, we, we were on them at the start and they've got two stage wins. So, um, things are looking
1: really good for them. You look at some of the best puncher brake uh, men, especially of this tour, you'd say, like, Betty Ole and Magnus Court. Matthews is better than them. Mm. So, it's, it, it's certainly something that he could do. Um, but I do love seeing him go toe-to-toe with those guys in the sprints as well. But if he wants to win, he has to probably get in the break. Yeah.
2: Mm. yeah. This also loomed as a little bit of a danger finish for Vingegaard too. This sort of 10-minute climb is really in Poggy's hitting zone. And he went hard. Instead of like doing the track stand and the big whacking attack, he just decided to ride at, you know, Inferno pace for 10 minutes, try and drop him off the wheel. Didn't quite work. So um, I thought that might have been a little bit bit of a danger, but Vingegaard... You know, he did a really good job on that climb that probably doesn't suit him that well. He's
0: been locked onto his wheels since Ooh, since he yeah. took yellow. He's hard on there and hasn't really looked like there's been any point where the only point where he's looked not to be on his wheels at the start of the stage when Pog was whacking it at kilometre 10. Mm. Did you see the interview with Caleb
2: on Pog attacking at kilometre
0: 10? What did he say?
2: Not a bad clip. Pretty much just saying that, like, I don't know what he's doing. Like, he's arrogant. He's riding with arrogance. Like, he, Caleb was pissed off, and he did not hold back.
0: <laughs> I think this was the day that Caleb had all six guys with him. Just dragging uh, yeah, into the finish. So. Yeah, obviously, At you know, the back at 10Ks in.
2: Yeah. So there was every reason to be pissed off.
1: Caleb's got to make up 12 minutes to get off the bottom um, and the bottom is his teammate, Van Rensberg, who's on his first tour, and the third bottom is his teammate, Frederick Frost, and, and they got <laughs> to make up 30 minutes to get someone else below there. Teams yeah. class is not looking
0: good for Lotto Soudal. The The thing though about the team is they have been, from all oh, reports, really good in terms of the way that they've got him to the finishes. Are, there's been no... We think back to the Giro when he had a stage where he was just left out the back, just flapping solo on road seventy k to the line, and was, I think, equally as furious as Pog attacking from ten k out. The team's been good to get him get in there, so hopefully we can uh, get a bag of victory towards the back end of this Tour de
1: France. You'd think also Tim Wellens Wellens is better than a glorified uh, just lead up the groupetto getting mm. caleb home like that's a that's tim De clerk for quick step like that's a great role for him i like took tim wellens and cron and these sort of lads we need to see like cron's been close he's actually gone a couple of breaks and could have a good pyrenees chance lotto needs something from these guys they need to get the pressure off caleb because if the pressure's on caleb to win 21 that's a crazy stage
0: vermish has been good too he's putting his hat in the ring i think he was was it vermish that bended on the Roubaix stage when Wush go on the right hand draft, almost making the move too. So he's been around the mark. But yeah, I completely agree. You'd think Tim Tim Well or Tim Wellens was in that bling category of just that yeah. super strong win from the move. So he's probably, yeah, probably not probably not the right guy to be towing Caleb to the finish from 160k to go. Yeah. The
1: quote, the quote from Pog about what happened is he thought Woot Van Art was doing like a heavy lead out and he was on Woot Van Aert's wheel. So just, and then he turned around and realised vinegard wasn't there. That's what he reckoned. So I I reckon Pog, I reckon Caleb's not far off, to be honest. I'm, I'm sure a few people think that of Caleb as well. This Monaco uh, living sprinter <laughs> <laughs> who just ditches two a week in. I'm sure people have an interesting view on him, but um, yeah, there was an interesting move. It cooked a couple of guys that I had in the break as well. Thanks. Thanks, Tadej. <laughs> Stage
0: 15. you think if Caleb had good so – without crashes, he this would have been around his mark as well. It was that part-time sprinter. Uh, the big boys got early with an asterisk against Grunewagen getting to the line, which shows how super climbing condition that guy's in because he was – we were watching him in the lead-up races of the Tour de France. I think it was Dauphiné. The bike exchange spent most of the days just riding out the back because he was just getting hooped every day so early on the climb. So GC's come a long way since, since uh, that race. But, yeah, the the, part-time, the part-timers, Philipson, Van Aert, Pedersen, Sagan,
2: Van Poppel, all going at it. Philipson's better than a part-time sprinter. He's, he's top tier.
0: Is he, is he tier and a half? Is he just a half tier down on? Only forty Right, but he also having bunches. The boys that can climb is that better? Yeah, that's better. Mm. That better. Yeah, the boys that can climb are going at it. Well,
2: when Trek, Trek were, well, when Trek were going bananas on that climb with fifty odd k to go, for Pedersen, Phillipson was just tucked right on the wheel. Of Pedersen, so he was he was climbing really well, and then Max's boys were absolutely just torching it. Molomar and Ciccone. Um, I'm guessing this was all for for Pedersen to try and drop as many sprinters as possible. They they did that, but Grunewagen, with the support of his bike exchange teammates, got back. I'm not sure if you saw that footage of Kristoff at the back of the peloton, (laughs) um, squirming, pedaling with like his ears. He was just doing it all. It looks so hot as well. This looks like the hottest day of the of the tour so far. So I don't think we can underestimate what sort of role the heat plays in these sort of stages. It's just – it's brutal. If it's 40 degrees, normally it's, it's 45, 50 out on the road.
0: What on earth was Woot Van Art doing in the early breakaway?
2: I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Is it like that point
1: – that- he's, he's not sold on the 200-point lead. He's <laughs> He needs to go and get those intermediates. So, it was the intermediate about like 20k out from the, oh, 30k out from the stage uh, ending? It feels like he's at that point that Sargon was at when he was in his prime. He's
0: just doing like stupid things because he's just too good. Cool. Yeah, but then like, he, he's so strong to he he put
1: himself in the move. He crashes, he waits for Kruiswick, makes his way back into the group and then bunch sprints and comes second. Like, he's just, this guy's amazing. Like, honestly, amazing. Grunewagen has to make up a minute to get back into the group and he can't sprint. Van Aert goes back, helps out teammates after being in the break and then bunch sprints for second by himself and no lead out. This guy's a freak. Yeah. What were your thoughts on him getting a license to do
2: the bunch, Gallup? I, I don't know. I didn't love it, especially well, when... Laporte was there and Laporte did a fantastic job in that last yeah. 15k. There you know there was oh, threats and yeah. crosswinds and Laporte was he was so good. Vinger Guard was just attached to his wheel. So he probably could have done with the help of Van Art, but he wanted to risk his um, risk his life in this finish where Phillipson was going to do that. On that last corner, he came up the inside and and he was prepared to die for it. He's got close on a number of occasions and it was good to see Phillips get his get his win because uh he didn't get the photo, but he Got the photo on stage two, so we can just tell people that that was his first tour to front stage win.
1: I'm going to comfortably say that Woot won't do it again. Okay. I think the Pyrenees, the, well, the first stage is the one of the descent finish. Well, who knows if he's in the main group? I don't know. But he literally is vinegards. He needs him because, of course, it's just course, really. I mean, Laporte, Tijbenot crashed pretty hard, and Van Hoydink, once these climbs come, I can't see mm. them really being there. So Woot is the man. Yeah. We, did, he- we touched on briefly, but
2: Kruiswick uh, crashed out of the race last night. I looked like a broken collarbone. Roglic gone. So there's two of their their best climbers. So Van Art is, is probably the next best, most reliable anyway. Kuss has been hot and cold. Maybe they're just saving Kuss for certain times of the race. Um, So on up to he was fantastic, but yeah, it just seems like you can't control this guy. He's just like a unregistered dog at times.
1: <laughs> what's your, what's your take on, on Primoz? So I get there's so many times when you, he's getting paid millions of dollars. Like he's a, you gotta look after him. He's probably going for the Volta, but he's got a teammate in yellow and he's a handy domestique. Like he, Primo's third week after a rest day. Who knows? You could, they could definitely ride on the flat. You'd think like this, exactly. and they've lost Cruiswick again. That's um, hindsight. Maybe if Cruiswick didn't uh, and Tej Benoit didn't crash, they might do it differently. But I just think like they've got a chance to win yellow. Like they haven't won yellow for a long time. Have they won yellow? Yellow? Nah, I think they oh. had Rasmussen that was leading on the final rest day in two thousand seven. They kicked him out. It just seems like it would have been all chips in. But again, they say these a lot, It costs a lot, and they probably wouldn't want to really risk him. And they've got Wood Van Art to do the final week just by himself. Yeah. <laughs> do it all. Um, one of the more comical things on this stage, uh, not only was my bet. Uh, on Benjamin uh, Thomas. Uh, where, where did that come was- from? Just run me through, you, run me through your day where you went. You know what? I'm just going to put
0: a cheeky little number on <laughs> Benjamin Thomas. I do
1: a little bit of study. Uh, French riding in his hometown. I think his dad was on the motorbike um, because he was riding awfully close to the motorbike. Um, and he's been in, he's, he's had legs. I'm not sure if you remember. I think it might have been stage seven or eight. He was like pushing the brake hard. Um, I've just I've always thought he's, he's had a good year He won a grace earlier in the year Basically I don't know Is the answer um, yeah. The more comical thing Is Bora Riding flat out For Danny Van Poppel um, Bora brought The best team Of break Like guys That can get in breaks And win And they haven't nailed one And now they're desperate For Van Poppel On a stage 15 <laughs> On a stage 15 Sprint stage um, I'm thinking Vlasov might be their man later on. I reckon he's lost enough time uh, to maybe, and he finishes with the group last night. Like that, like Vlasov's going okay, um, so maybe he can potentially get in a break if they let him go up the road. With with the
0: motorbike thing, if he won that stage, it would have been outrageous. Would have been people throwing their hands up in the air, left, right, and center. Like what? Why? Why is it such a hard thing to rule? Is it like the mo? the motorbike just can't be a certain distance away. When we were getting some of the tightest camera angles you've ever seen on a bike rider, coming out of, coming out of those corners, it was like he was sitting up waiting for him to take a run at it so we could pull him out of the, out of the roundabout. And he looked good, but he didn't look like he was that good that he was going to hold off the peloton for four kilometres and then they only got caught with a K to go. You're
1: right. It didn't annoying? make a lot of sense. It didn't make a lot of sense that Trek and Bora were going the flat out six guys on the front and they can't catch Benjamin Thomas at 11 seconds like it was confusing me I obviously wasn't caring but it was confusing me
0: (laughs) yeah just think I don't know just sort that out before it's an issue it's it's going to be a problem if that guy goes to the, the finish and wins the bike
1: race um, Christoph's Christoph's quote post uh, stage, he talked about that moment that he was falling back. He said, "All he wanted to do was get back to be able to help Pasqualon."
2: <laughs> yes, well, your man. This is one of this is your man.
1: He <laughs> got on to ninth, so Christoph, thank you for holding on. <laughs> um, a Pasqualon certainly wouldn't have top ten without you. So thank you, Alexander. Uh,
2: also noted in the top. Ten was uh, Luca Mozzato riding for the b b Hotels team, Italian, obviously sort of part-time sprinter. So good, um,
0: good for them. Some big DNFs and, and S's and an outside time limit for Morkov.
2: Yeah, he was off the back pretty much all day. Did the whole stage solo. I guess he just that's wanted a, to.
0: That's a big out for Jakobsen coming into those final two days.
2: Oh, Jakobsen has looked very ordinary. For a number of days now, he's looking real cooked whether the rest day can help him, but he's, he's looking really, really pinned at the moment. So I think quick step, they started with a bang, but it's looking like they're just dragging their carcasses through the, the is, race at the moment.
1: I mean, we talked about it for a long time in the, in the opening pod. This is where they could have brought Cav. Cav's a proven three-weeker. Mm. Like no, this he, is where they should have brought Cav. Should have brought did, Cav. Does, does he win last night? Like, bring both. Like we were saying, they can't bring both. You can't bring both. Can't have two sprinters. Jakobsen's fallen completely out the back. Does Kev, Kev wins last night. A little bit of in-house
0: competition. Just who can get dropped, not first, and then have the boys right <laughs> for them at the finish.
1: I find that's going on with Caleb and Jakobsen. So Jakobsen's going to drop first, but then Caleb's coming last. So Jakobsen's beating him after getting dropped. They've got an interesting uh, little competition going on. Simon Clarke and Magnus, the other two
0: DNSs, both with both with the Rona, sending them home. So, yeah, well, a, a roller coaster Tour de France for both of them, coming coming out with stage wins, but heading home at the second rest day.
1: I still think there's a sneaky chance. I just saw it on Twitter somewhere before that Morkov might be let back in. I I'd, I'd just just watch that space. Okay. Um, I saw it somewhere. Okay, I think the heat rule, I think they're protesting on the, on, on the heat. I think the cutoff was like 48 minutes. So he's missed it by what? 17 minutes. So the heat rule would have to play a pretty big effect. <laughs> it's a pretty juicy heat rule. He's missed Caleb, his second last, by, he's missed him by 45 minutes. So the heat rule has to really come in, but um, there was a watchless space.
2: Wow. You
0: know, Max, do you want to just run us through your, uh, your thinking heading into the last week? Talked about your your wisdom, your wisdom heading out of the last pod that you need to back the
1: legs, not the name.
0: Yep. It's obviously, obviously come when, true. It's
1: obviously come yeah, true. When you times them both together, then it's like a big push. So if it's name plus legs, it's a big push. And I think there's a name plus leg coming up tomorrow night in our first stage. I think, I think my horridge goes. I think my it's, it's a descent finish. And he's got legs. He finished with the group last night and was pacing for Fred Wright. I, again, I don't understand that, but he was pacing for Fred Wright, thinking he was going to beat Phillips in the one-off sprint. Um, Mahoric has found legs in Bahrain. Caruso and Mahoric have both found legs just randomly in the last two or three stages. Caruso has been making breaks. So I'm thinking Bahrain. They have to do something. They have to pull something out. Um, they're too big of a team to be going in with nothing. A Fred Wright second is what they've got under their name. Um, so I'm going Mahoro early. Then I, I think it's G, it's GC for the other two. I don't reckon they let the break really get too far away from them in the last two. I reckon Pong will want to win stages, get time bonuses. So the two big Pyrenees stages, it's probably more GC. You think UAE
0: invest all their all their chips in the next couple of big days because you can't see you can't see Vingegaard using up the few teammates that he's got left to take take them to the line to, to get that. I think victory. they'll have to
1: because I think I think Ineos are going to have to play a card here. Like if you watch last night how strong they were of eight guys riding at the front and the other two leaders both had none. Um, Ineos are strong and I'm not sure if they're going to – they might do a Skytrain one day or they might send a Yates forward and just test the waters and then these guys will have to ride. I just hope they don't do a Skytrain.
0: Like what's the point?
2: <laughs> yeah, it seems unnecessary, doesn't it? Just to lose your own riders, and can't, you're not going great. to drop any of the big, big names. Um, but I think you're right. I hope got the
1: numbers. Yeah, I hope it's Yates, Yates and Pidcock go. Yates, Pickcock go. Make UAE or Yumbo chase, or even like if a Yates goes, you watch Movisa. <laughs> they'll be going full <laughs> gas. So <laughs> they'll be even even a just a hedge.
0: Like a bit of a hedge to have someone for the stage win as well. Just You've got your guy there. Worst case scenario, he can go for the win. But if Geraint... I'd love to see a day where Gerard's on. He's been good all the time. He's been there, thereabouts. He's third on the GC. He's only 20 seconds behind Pog. I'd love to see a day where Geraint goes wild.
1: Any I'm final confident in, in, in Pedersen and Philipson to to split stage 19 as well. I don't reckon... Um, anyone's going to match them, maybe Grunewagen if he gets a nice train to the finish. 21's a raffle because it's a 60k stage, but 30k is full gas, I'm pretty sure. So um that's a little bit different. I maybe, maybe Caleb can spring up and do something there. The time trial, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's probably Van Art. The way it's is a long the time, time trial.
2: It's a really long time trial, relatively, like for this modern, modern day sort of. Uh, Tour de France, forty k, pretty flat. Um, who do you think out of the out of Pogge and Vingegaard are the? You know, what's the what's the difference there? Do you think?
1: Well, G leaves his vest off. G G gets both. Yeah, there's ten um, seconds. Yeah, there's there's definitely ten seconds. I've been, oh, it's probably pog not just. Okay. Pog looks the better of the rider, doesn't he? But Vingegaard got him on an absolute belter of a day with some great team tactics. Yeah. Pog
0: without, Pog without the jersey as well, a little bit of extra mail on that. Like I can he can he go. Can he, he's going to be so hungry, he's going to be so pissed off that he just hasn't been out to crack this guy. You can put in a while. I thought you were running.
1: I thought you were running with that myth that the leader's jersey isn't tailor made to the to the riders. They lose a bit of aer- aerodynamics. I thought nah. that's what you're going. For. <laughs> I was I was I was running <laughs> with Pog. He's fuming. Pog's going to be fuming. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Mahorage. Um, I'll be really upset if he's not in the break tomorrow. Cambo,
2: yeah. Uh I'm going to go. Camner, he's been close. I think Bora they need something quickly out of this tour. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Camner. I don't know whether Mahorich can client get over those two climbs. Um, but if he does, he, yeah. It, exactly. It all depends who's there. Um. If a, if a Kamner or a sort of type is there, I don't think so. But if Mahoric gets to the top of that last climb with anyone, he, he probably wins it. If,
1: like if Borah manages to get Groschnatner in instead, then Mahoric is a bit more a chance. If Tebow, Tebow's had legs as well, don't underestimate that. He's just been beaten by some good riders in the days he's in the break. If he gets in there, Mahoric probably gets dropped, but could be different. Schultz, Schultz too, I think, is is back
2: in business here. The shorts drop, Maharaj? I think so. Those climbs are they're pretty decent. Yeah. Um, you I love
0: Mahari though for a downhill finish. You can fix some time gaps in that in that downhill sector.
1: It's the two climbs have are back Caruso, to back. they'll both go. Caruso will be yeah. in there as well. So,
2: eleven k at seven percent, and then straight into nine point three at seven point nine percent. So they're, they're significant climbs.
1: Yeah, you're talking about it. Hmm. Any last thoughts, gents? I think yellow stays the whole way. We haven't really done a tip. I think Vinegar holds on. It's a good enough gap. Um, I it's don't a long think it. It's a yeah. It's he's got the best rider in the world in his right hand pocket. Like Woot Art is there. He'll, he'll he'll monitor brakes, he'll do the right thing. And Vinegard will just have to get over the last summit finishes in on Pong's wheel. Easier said than done. Um, Polkadot is crazy battle at the moment. I actually really like Simon Geshka. I reckon he's like riding really, really well. And the, all these French guys, slash Italian and Jacconi, don't look as good. Like Latour doesn't look that good. Thibaut has been sort of going for it, but not. And um, there's another guy, a powerless EF. Or maybe, maybe he's the the, the, the threat to Geshka. Um, but that's a cool little subplot amongst this. And Pog could win it as well if he wins both summer finishes. Do you see Quinn Simmons going wild for the first KOM last night? He's looking <laughs> real good, <laughs> Quinn Simmons. I think, he try, get- I, I think it's trying to make sure Geshka doesn't get points so Ciccone wins. That's my play, I think. Chaconi is still higher up than Quinn Simmons, I think. Or oh, there might be par. I'm not sure. I've got the numbers in front of me. Chaconi won yeah. one of the category ones. You'd
0: hope it's a Chicone play, and you'd hope there's a yeah. Chicone play later in, in one of these breakaways in the the last week. But yeah, Geska's guess, continuing on his his um, TT form, uphill TT form.
1: Yeah, if there was if there was points to be had in the TT, if there was a climb there, he'd probably win it. And then green is done, locked, loaded. Pog is almost second, I think. That's how big the gap is. Could be second, actually. Yeah, Pog is um, second.
0: Um, yeah. Well, wow, wow, Van Aert's on 333 points, and Pog is second at
1: 164. And then the jersey that was the shortest out of anything, which was the white. If Pog has a bad day, Pidcock could... I think it was a dollar one for the white. Like, crazy odds. Like, if Pog has a bad day, Pidcock, how far back is he? Like, three minutes? Two minutes? Cav won the green jersey last year with
0: 337 points. That's with a bucket load of stages. So, Wout's pretty much got enough now.
2: Last question.
1: Philipson's the only one who's going to steal it from him. So, it's it's no chance.
2: Do you think Pog is prepared to just lose it all to go for the win? Like him to just blow up completely and fall off the podium? Yes. Yeah.
1: So, for example, tonight, uh, tomorrow night, you reckon he's a chance to go on that first climb sort of stuff?
2: Yeah, that, that's possible. Tomorrow, like, Yeah, tomorrow would be a surprise. I and mean, I don't think on paper it wouldn't be the, the stage to do it, but test the waters. Why not? I, I think Vingegaard will hold on to yellow, but I reckon the, the margin by Paris would be under a minute. I think pogi will chip away and and do some damage, and hopefully we get some filthy weather in the Pyrenees for, for Tardair.
1: It just has to be the Ineos show, doesn't it? Like, I'd be so disappointed if they don't fire a shot.
0: That can be piggyback, though, for the Pog show. Yeah. If, if he can link up with Garant trying to go up the road with Yates and and the crew up there and put Soler or Micah in, in something in the mix. You feel like Pog can hold his own. He doesn't need teammates there. just does whatever he wants. It's, it's going to be a good few days in the, the big mountains.
1: You've got here, hear, uh, Cambo, for Kofidis to get a par, they needed a top 10 GC with Martin. What if they win Polkadot? Is that par? I reckon it probably is for Kofidis. For Considering
2: they haven't won a stage since 2008, I think winning a jersey is, a, is par.
1: Yeah. Okay. The, sponsorship. The, other one, the other one I just wanted to clarify is Astana, you had a stage win par. What is top 10 par? No. No. Um, it's not. No.
2: no.
1: They're, they're the only ones I need a
2: clarification on. Are you happy
1: with that analysis? Yeah, you've got lotto two stages, which is meaning Caleb's winning 19 and 21 to get a par. (laughs) Can we see that? I like it. (laughs) Thanks, Max.
0: Thanks, you. you.